Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had to date there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, and learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom! What's up, you guys? Welcome again. Protector Nation podcast is going on EPL as well, because this is the lifestyle stuff we're talking about. Today, we've got John Burke, good friend, a man I respect, who's going to help us understand a little bit about the hand-to-hand game, right? He's got an amazing lineage, but he's an amazing human. We spent some time together. Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit, but hey, brother, welcome. How you doing? What's up, my man? How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, man. Thanks for spending some time with us again. I can't wait to work with you again, man. I'm excited. I see you in my, I see you on my feed all day, every day. I'm like, gosh, when are, you know, but that symposium can't come quickly enough. Yeah, no, exactly, man. And I had such a good time working with you when we did the um, the skills intensive. um, And I work with a lot of dudes. So, you know, it's like, it, 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 real good feel for people when you're out there doing stuff. Such an awesome human to work with. So thank you. Thank you. And I feel the same. I feel like when you're doing things in anything, but particularly life-saving type training, you know, you got to get along with people. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think fitness, right? Like there's a million great fitness coaches out there, but if your personality doesn't vibe with them, you're not really going to listen to them. You're not going to really follow what they're saying. You know, they're not going to get the results and nobody's going to know why. And then all of a sudden you find a fitness coach who maybe isn't as savvy, but you click with them, you find a way to dig deep and exercise their education and go from there, you know? So I, I see it that way. 100%. No, 100%, man. Real quick. It's, I mean, it's like EP too, man. It's the same thing. Everyone thinks it's about like how tactical you are, everything else. But it's like, now, nah, bro, like, can you get along? Can the client like you? Can the house staff like you? Does your right. With you like at any rate boom we're we're i can we're both rabbit hole kings so, gonna, so let me get these guys the information they're probably looking for right now which is why do i listen to this guy who is he why do i care you know what's his background you know they want to know so if you want just letting them know who they're talking to and real quick john is gonna be with us for the protector symposium 6.0 as one of our elite instructors. So you're going you're gonna to have an opportunity to learn from him. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Anyway, send it. Thanks, brother. All right. So my name is Jonathan Burke. I've been involved with hand-to-hand combat for 31 years. I am Hoist Gracie's first black belt, but I took my Brazilian slash Gracie jiu-jitsu and I expanded it way further, developing programs for law enforcement, military executive protection, whereby weapons can be integrated into the hand-to-hand situation or otherwise. And I personally have been working on all three platforms of firearm, pistol, rifle, firearm, firearm, pistol, rifle, shotgun, apologies for the last 15 years also. So I'm okay with with firearms, but hand-to-hand's my thing. Yeah, man, dude, that's awesome. So you don't suck with firearms. 
And <laughs> you're a well-rounded uh, combatant protector, man. That's I try. I try. I've been lucky enough to work with gentlemen like yourselves. I mean, you know, I have been very blessed in my career. I, I do know I'm not foolish. I know that a lot of it was because for many years I was Hoist Grace's right-hand man and they were training the military and EP and, you know, net high net worth and celebrities. And I know that by by proxy, I got to be a part of that. But then it gets to a point where I branched out on my own and I was still getting those calls and new business. So I have gotten to work with tons and tons of tier one operators, both military law enforcement, as well as executive protection and lots of celebrities and stuff, people you guys would all love and Maybe some of you wouldn't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, when you sent me your client list, I was like, like the ones you can share with me. I was like, like it was, it was just, a, it was, it was a lifetime of work, like already. So I was like, everybody cool. needs safety though, right, Byron? I mean, really? Yeah. Well, and, and that's kind of what I want to, I want to like dig into a little bit for folks, which is like, okay, cool. Like you have your hardware, you've got your software, but like, what happens if you can't have that stuff? What if you're on a plane? What if you're at the fair and you weren't able to sneak through the little mask detectors? <laughs> like, you know, people do, but people do. Yeah, they do. Um, you know, what are you going to do? You know, and that's the question. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, it's so crazy. Like, that's why you and I click so well, because when I'm talking to people like, okay, so I'm from New York <clears throat> and I moved down to Florida. I was in California. I went all over, but basically I, I've, I've, for now I'm home based in Orlando. Okay. And when I first moved to, to Florida, I had never met more people that when I would try to sell them the idea of self-defense told me they'll just shoot somebody. Yeah. Right? Florida, you know. Florida, Florida is very much like that, by the way. It's, it's tropical Texas, bro. Yes. Yes. Texas, everyone's got guns. They have good guns too. And they're from. <laughs> Yes. So, but I kept saying, well, what if you don't get to your gun? What if you don't have your gun? And then over years you develop, you know, like in sales, right? When you hear objections, you learn how to overcome them better with more intelligent answers. So over the years, I just started saying to myself, okay, they've got a gun always, you know, those guys. Yeah. Right. Do you, are you a federal agent? Can you carry a gun on, you know, do you have mission status on the flight? No. So, but I bring my guns on my trips, but you check your guns underneath, correct? Yep. So when you don't have those weapons on you, what are your weapons now of self-defense? It's not edge, because we know that's not going through security. It's not firearms, right? Yep. Now, I carry a flashlight 24-7, but most people think that's silly. So most don't carry a flashlight. Pop it. There you go. And lock it. And then, so I say, it's going to come down to these, right? And this. And the, the biggest issue I find is most people view hand-to-hand. -hand. I'll say, look, geographic or legally, there might be times where you can't have weapons. Yep. But there is one weapon that can go with you anywhere. Stay mm -hmm. with you forever and can never be taken away, will never malfunction, batteries will never go out, glass won't break. It's you, your personal hand-to-hand -hand skills, right? So the only way those go down is if you go down. If you go down, there's a bigger issue anyway. Yep, yep. No, I, and, and the reality of most of these, I'll just shoot a guy, people, especially if you're not associated with violence, is you're, you're probably, if you have zero hand-to-hand -hand and no stress inoculation and no association <laughs> with violence, you're a warm holster. <laughs> yes, you are. You are carrying your gun for me. That's or it. In the environment that is going to be like a fish in water. He's going to be like, you know, like, this is what I do. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Like, I planned this whole attack. Like, I was doing threat things all week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you want to be that guy that's like, yeah, I was like at least in the dojo all week. And like, I fought some dude who was bigger than me that choked me, almost choked me, I tapped like 18 times. Like, oh, this isn't too weird. You know, like. Right. I'm comfortable here. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be an expert, but comfortable because, you know, it's like a lot of people. The number one issue in the country with guns is people buy them, load them, and box them. Exactly, exactly. In the closet, top shelf, and a safe by the bed, but they don't practice that drill in the middle of the night. Like I tell people, you know, what's your drill for the middle of the night for prep? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. So I'll tell their wife, hey, tonight, do me a favor. Set an alarm for any random time between midnight and 4 a.m. And don't tell your husband you're doing it. And I'm going to tell your husband that within the next three nights, you're going to have a home invasion drill. Yeah, no, um, and I want you to time, you know, and, and sure enough, the alarm goes off, it hits news. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. You, know, you try, but people aren't used to that, like you said, stress inoculation. They, they, you're right, they're not going to just pull a gun. Oh, you got your gun wire in your tractor, you got your gun, come on, man. Yeah. So many people don't, you know, but so hand-to-hand is important, but people just don't value it. They right. don't. Yeah. And you got to be able to get to your gun. You got to be able to protect your firearm, whatever weapon you have. So I think it's the foundation of being a good protector. You've got to have some physical potency, prowess, and competence. Um, And I love that, man. What do you, real quick, what do you say about females, man? So the less physically potent of our sex when it comes to -to hand-to-hand stuff, what do you suggest or think about them when it comes to this part of the game? People are probably going to not like what I'm about to say. Yep. <laughs> I know. That's all I got to say. It's a curveball. It's a curveball, Byron. It's a curveball. Okay. okay. We're hey, weapons free, man. I think they're better than men. What? What? Come on, man. Really? I mean, okay. Was, you're the master. Let me hear what you are got. Are you biting? Did you yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Not that they're better, but I think that let's go with a man and a woman who both put in the, you know, the training. We're talking, let's talk a hardwired, like alpha on both sexes. Okay. Okay. What skills could a woman use to create a better element of surprise versus a man? Well, just the fact that female sex. Yeah. Yeah. Advantage one. Yep. Are women physically stronger as men? No. So, but based on how I do self-defense, where leverage is way more important, because look, you're, I, I mean, I've met you in person. I gave you a hug. I couldn't put my arms around you. You're a yeah. monster man. But all due respect, I've grappled men who make you look small and tiny. So if we base it on physicality, right. you have to assume you're always bigger, heavier, and stronger than your opponent, which is not possible. Females, too, because it has to be leverage and technique. That never goes away. Physical prowess can be outmatched. Mm. Hence, I hate the term force on force. Mm. Who wins in force on force? The greater force. Right. Now, I'm not saying it's the greater force every time, but in that time, it was the greater force. So you have to ensure for success, I got to get in the gym. I got to always be the greater force. Well, between father time, maybe injuries, or there's another greater force out there. I bet you were, you met some guys in your unit that I bet you thought you were yoked and strong. And you looked at them, you go, holy crap, right? I, I told everyone on social media this morning, I was like, you guys, man, like some of you guys see me and you think I'm this. It's like, I'm training because. I'm like a six on a scale of one to ten. I'm like above average. Like you monsters out here. Like unfortunately, I'm in Orange County, so there's like less monsters. But like you go to Florida when I'm pure slave blood bloodlines with the super black dude with that great mate, man. Like I'm like you guys think no, bro. I have to train. So okay, I'm old and broken. You know, I'm 49, pushing 90. You know, I'm but so okay. So I see if self defense is based on leverage and technique, I see women with the advantage. They can use sexuality now. As far as pure raw brute violence, which absolutely is important in those situations, yes, I give it to men all day every day. For sure. But when it comes to having no choice in the academy, let's rewind from the real world situation to the training room. 
Who yeah. has the luxury of cheating the technique more, men or women? Men, because they have more right. makeup. Because they're more exactly. Women have to be way more mechanically, technically correct. Mm -hmm. Therefore, who really learns the technical side of whatever skill it is better, the male or the female? The female. So when I say females are better, I don't mean it like you know ah, stir, but yeah. I'm saying it depends how you look at mm -hmm. what you require to protect yourself. Right. So as a and, and your environment, you know. And your environment. So I think I think two of the major one of the major takeaways is ladies don't think that this is just a men's game. Like become a student of this, and you can be formidable. You can save your life. We saw a huge uh, video. Uh, this year, a chick that gets jumped in a uh, gym, she let a dude Tampa. in. Tampa. Yeah, and then she fought him off and she got out of there. So, like, these skills also are here for you. Don't back away because you're a chick. When we do our instruction at the symposium, it's going to be super dope. Go ahead. Right. And, and just the last thing is, however, I will tell you, geared naturally for violence, the male mindset is more geared towards violence. And 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 the reality is... We've all heard the term, or most of us have violence of action, and yes, force of force. At the end of the day, there are some times where that raw violence and power is just, it will win the, yes, will win for sure. But if we're looking at skills for skill, technique for technique, you know, systematic approach, tactile approach, I think women are just as good. Are just as good. Well, and the other thing is too, like, would you rather not have it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, would you rather not have something that can buy you time, increase your survivability, make you more formidable and dangerous just because you're a chick? Because you don't have the faith that, like, right, right. you'll walk around with more self-confidence, knowing yourself better, be more in shape. Martial arts just makes you a better human. You'll be right. Yeah. And, and, and the thing I would tell is, the other thing is, you know, a big issue that women don't have that men do, because again, I, I, I've I've done this for 31 years globally, male, female, military, like everybody. Oh so the mindset, right? <laughs> the women don't have the ego that the men have, right? The ego, okay. right? So that ego, just like in your world of the military and EP, can get you killed. It can get you not only, in my world, beat up, submitted, yeah. broken or killed <laughs> right right and then when that ego comes to play which women don't have that's tactically more important to operate emotionless that's this is one man's opinion look you might listen to say i'm crazy no i've never served military no i've never been in law enforcement but i have certainly operated around them and with them peripherally long enough to hear this things i'm telling you from guys who are in mogadishu you know and it's not me saying anything other than uh, this is how i view self-defense this is how i view it doesn't mean it's right for everybody it's just the way i see it you know oh, man i think it's valuable and i think the main thing i wanted to do is i really wanted to inspire women to take their protection seriously and <laughs> themselves so they can walk the planet with more tools and more competence and confidence in right. their needs, you know um and so, accurately yeah, threats, you know what yeah. i mean Hey, yes. I was with dudes all week. Like I can see that that dude's formidable. I can see that. Oh, okay. I can see that you, you start to see the world completely differently when you're actually like simulating murder a few times a week, you know, and training. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're training, you read the, but you start to learn what body language represents yeah. what movements and blah, 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 yeah. blah. You know, like I have as a father of two daughters, right? Yeah. Like right now I'm going to reach, I'm going to grab this. My daughter, this is what I make her carry. And she forgot someone's in trouble with dad today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and again, this is low profile. It's got beveled edges. You can do hammer fist, punch, yeah. pop, yeah. pop the light, you know, like, you know. And so I bought her one, and but I'm just annoying dad, right? Yeah. I said, 
hey, baby, I'm annoying you. That annoyance pays our bills. People pay me to annoy them. (laughs) But so, you know, I think women women think I'm not big enough and strong enough. That's all they automatically think. Can I really defend? I have a, for example, I'm doing a five-week women's course starting in September. And, you know, I have the flyer up on my gym Instagram, right? I'm a home base Orlando. I have a gym, six levels Orlando. And we're doing a five-week course. And I do 90 minutes, five consecutive days, weeks in a row. And on the last one, we put on the gear and we attack each woman for about 75 seconds. From day one to week one to week five, these women are mind blown on what they're able to accomplish just by fighting back, just by fighting back. So when you do martial arts, any kind, regardless of if you think you can execute technique or not, at the very least, it invokes, uh, I need to defend myself mindset. I need to do something because with men and women, the ones who panic and freeze become the ultimate victims, unfortunately. 100%. So at least, at least, even if the technique is subpar, at least that invoke invokes that feeling of fighting. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, and 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 makes all the difference. I mean, this isn't something you bank on, but I see hundreds of videos, and these new bad guys, yo, they're so soft (laughs) compared to like back in the day. You had to be like, I mean, these days it's like little skinny dudes like stealing stuff out of a store and like chicks stealing purses, and I'm like. Like these bad guys now are sorry, man. Anyways, you, know, you might run into a monster, but I'm kind of like, okay, uh, we're going to get into, just so you guys know, we're going to get into some actual real world encounters. We're going to do some tactical protection reviews. We're going to hear John's uh, two cents on some real videos here coming up. Um, but uh, I wanted to see just real quick, what do you want people to walk away with from this protector symposium? You know, how do you teach? What are you going to try to get to them? When- from the symposium or from my portion? From your portion of the symposium. Okay. Because I know what I would hope they would take away from your symposium. Blast both of them, man. Boom, boom. Hit them with both of them. Got a combo, right? From the symposium as a whole, I I would hope that it would be the mindset and motivation to continue their self-defense, their EP education of training. A lot of people go to seminars and they get hype, right? They get real hype and real hoorah, rah, rah, rah. And then they leave just like a New Year's resolution and it just sort of fades. So from the symposium, I'm hoping we all can make a big enough impact, motivate enough, excite enough that people continue on. That's what I hope for the symposium. The number one, the the symposium is we're calling it apocalypse for a reason, right? We're facing a number of black swan events, both in politics, uh, geopolitical things going on. And nature. And then uh, there's a lot happening in nature. Like you said, like you're preparing right now for what? A tropical storm or something. Hurricane. Hurricane Idalia or Idalia. Yeah, hurricane, you know, whatever, cookie burger. They just hit us with Hurricane Hillary 10 minutes ago. So everyone's got it going down. And if there happens to be a 15-minute city convention in your city, just, you know, get ready for a fire. Anyway, so uh, (laughs) I'm just saying, not saying, this is the reality. So this Protector Symposium is geared towards preparing yourself and your family. The ultimate asset is really having a pack. It's manpower. It's who do you know? How, what? What? Who are you a part of? Do you have assets? Are you bringing things to that? So some of the things we're going to do is at these events, it is an amazing sense of community. You become part of a brotherhood for a weekend. People don't realize that. They come to these events, they're like, at the end, like, this changed my life. Like, I have people that think the same way and I'm networking and this is amazing. So we're taking that and this is the first time I'm mentioning it. But we're going to drop that into our own social media platform. So the event never ends. And then I'm going to be launching a new project that's 
ongoing training for you guys, both digitally and in person. Um, that's going to keep got people being able to get fed the protection strategies and skills that they need moving forward. So there's going to be so much here for you guys to get your tickets to this event. And it's going to give you community and it's going to give you ongoing training. And of course, you should follow each one of these guys. You know, uh, you know, John's got an online platform and all these things that are amazing. Every single one of them has assets for you to continue in the way, right? Depending on what you love and like and all those things. So we're, we're making it easy. We're making it easy for y'all. So, so that, that's what I would say for the symposium. And then as far as from my portion of it, what, what I believe more than anything is that people should learn how to protect themselves or fight or def whatever term you want to call it, fight, self-defend, defend yourself, protect yourself, whatever. They should learn how to do it from a conceptual and principle perspective versus a technique perspective, okay? Right. Because when you understand concept, concept, concepts and principles, when you understand concepts and principles, it's a lot easier to figure things out on the fly based on those concepts and principles. When you're technically operating, now you're going, wait, if it's off my right shoulder, my left shoulder, I put this hand up there. And if you haven't spent- The next move and the next right, move. The next. Right, and if you, wait, is he reaching for his gun with his strong hand, his support hand? And then you got to start all over with the next move. <laughs> right, no, his thumb was here, wasn't there. But when you understand a concept and a principle, you can make everything work. And that's really what my physical program is that I have developed for EP mill and law enforcement. It's concept principle based. Um, and, and so I want them to walk away with realizing like, it's more important to study concepts. Just like, you know, I'm on this new cake of room clearing. Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy. I mean, talk about concepts and principles, talk about the angles, the narrow angles, the 45, 90, 150, you know, and then 180, and then pieing off the reverse dynamic entry, pop, 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 pop. But they're concepts and they're principles. And I'm listening to an Israeli IDF guy teaching this through, and he's sitting here basically saying, just follow the concepts, whatever this is. If it's a corner fed, here's these concepts. If it's, and so I'm, I've learned over the last decade or so that a lot of the higher instructors in other skill sets teach more principle concept based. Yep. And I just found I loved it. So I basically want people to, with my hand-to-hand -hand program, it is 100% that. People will be blown that if they learn about 10, 11 things from me, they can solve almost any hand-to-hand -hand problem. And that sounds like BS. I know that it does. But <laughs> you saw it live. It's nobody can Nobody's disproven me yet. And it's something that integrates with any skills you already have, or if you have none, it integrates with all weapon systems. And it leaves you options to engage and disengage situationally appropriate and that's what applies to ep right and that's what you want options you want options man engage disengage i mean what's your overall mission i take this from varg freeborn violence of mind what's your mission is your mission to win the fight or is your mission to get home with your family and enjoy life and continue protecting and providing right so knowing when to hit the gas and the brake and all that stuff that's awesome to have that um, and I've seen it. In, I've seen it in action. We did uh, a course at our hard skills intensive with John and the dudes were raving about it, man. Everyone <laughs> loved it. And it was just it was just so pro it was so correct. Right. Um, and it's camera friendly. That's the other huge thing. <laughs> you know, good in movies, intense. Right. You know, you look like the good guy. You're not just like dropping fools and breaking things. Right. Well, well, you know, I mean, that's the other thing too, right? Optics, everything, everyone has to deal with, with optics, right? And like, when I think about EP, I look at it and I kind of equate it to like, I think you and I have discussed in the past, like Disney, most people, you don't, almost no one in the world can testify that they've seen law enforcement 
roughing somebody up at Disney. Why? Because Winnie the Pooh's tree has a secret door. They have a whole underground <laughs> jail system. Truth, <laughs> truth, right? Drop slides, you know. You got, you got Orange County Sheriff's Department. You got underground offices and jails and holding cells and transport. And so because Disney says this is the most magical place on earth and we don't want anybody. So EP needs to be in the shadows. Mm-hmm. you know and hit when necessary and boom and right back into the shadows you know like that creeper who comes out of the bushes and then walk yeah. slip back into the dark you know you got to be like that and wow. ep is not about coming in all yoked and juiced up and throwing punches yeah. and well, it's not about it's not about fighting really it's about like, evasion and mitigation and plan de-escalation right yeah de-escalation getting out of there man no i love it i got a couple more like uh more <laughs> Saucy questions, right? See that grin on his face. Yeah. Let's hit, let's hit one of the spicy questions real quick. Classical martial arts versus the sports martial arts, MMA. And then, like, what do you see most relevant on the streets, man? Because I know you've been around the block. Actually, let's talk a little bit about your path into martial arts and that life so that people really understand you as a person. Yeah, so simple, kind of, I think. I grew up, me and my brother with a single mom. And I don't know why or how I just gravitated towards liking my martial arts. I don't know. I think I think somebody told me my dad was out. You know, like it was back in the day. Like there was the uh, what's the thing he fought in blood sport? The oh, uh, the kumite. The kumite, man. The kumite was going down, man. Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes. People don't know he was a real character, you know, real dude in real life, Frank Dukes. But anyway, um. You know, I think I'd heard somebody tell me my dad did martial arts, you know, so maybe trying to connect with my dad. Who knows? I don't know. Was and Pops then around? What's that? Was Pops around? No. No. Single mom when I was 10. Had to find your way. Yeah. So with that said, you know, and it's funny because when the male influence in your life leaves, you feel insecure, both literally as in who's protecting us. It's just my mom. If a man breaks in the home, I'm a little kid. What can I do? Yeah. So then it's interesting. Right. I gravitate towards the security world of saying, I don't ever want to feel unsafe. Right. So I thank my father for leaving. It, it led me to what I'm doing. Right. So, but with that said, I, I did that. And, and at age 18, the, I had a buddy whose family is very wealthy, but they made them understand and appreciate the value of the dollar. Yeah. We had no money. And he said he would train me martial arts for two hours for 10 bucks. Every lesson I wanted done. Done. I can figure out $10. I can shovel the driveway. I can do a chore for my, 10 bucks. We can swing. We couldn't afford a martial arts gym and we had no car to get there. So we couldn't do it. So, and my mom was always working anyway. So I did one lesson and it was like, it was a karate lesson, basic traditional karate. And he was, cause he was on the Boston college karate team. And then he said, Hey, I'm going to California for a week. When I get back, we'll resume. I said, great. He gets back. He says, Hey, I'm back. Let's get together. Next lesson. I get together. He says, today we're going to do something different. We're not going to do karate. We're going to wrestle. Now he's probably 5'8, five, 5'9, five, 140. I'm 6'2, 210. You're like, let's wrestle. Let's wrestle. Fine. <laughs> he starts tuning me up and arm yeah. locks and key locks and chokes. This is over a year before the UFC ever came out. Mm-hmm. So he had gone to California, trained with Hicks and Gracie, a week of private lessons in Hickson's garage. This is when they were teaching out of the garage before they had the academy. And he came back and he tuned me up. I said, I want to learn that. So for about a year, before the first UFC ever connected, it came out rather, I'd started Gracie Jiu-Jitsu with Hoist and Horan. I was living in New York, and then I would commute out there on breaks, spring breaks, summers. I lived with Hoist. You know, he wins the first UFC. Well, now to me, he's just Hoist, because he was just my friend from Brazil for a year. Yeah. Now he's this overnight sensation, 
and I'm his right hand man. It just, I was meant to do it, you know, right place, right time. It just happened. Yeah. I didn't choose the game. The game chose me. Boom. And I'm, hey. I'm 49. I started age 18 and I've been doing this only ever since 31 years. That's yeah. amazing. It's very similar. Same here. Like when I got, I got picked out, I, I prayed. I said, well, father, what do you want me to do when I get out of the Marine Corps? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm scared. And he said, go to a bar. You're going to become a bodyguard. You're going to travel the world. I said, okay. Okay. So then I went to this bar and dude saw me and was like, Hey, uh, let me show you how to make a lot more money doing what you're doing. This is what happened though. And I was like, yeah, like whatever. And he's like, you a Marine. I'm like, yep. He's like, you, um, you, you got combat experience. I'm like, yeah. He's like, go get these two permits. Give me a call back in two weeks. And I gave him a call in two weeks and I boom, uh, most traveled detail in the, in, in, out of California. We hit more countries than the president of the United States. We hit like 60 plus countries. I lived like that on repeat. The only job I've ever done my whole entire life is, is professional protection other than the Marine Corps. So it was just, it was just, it was in my, you know, you know, he has his plan. So um, that's awesome, man. And then you lived the, the classic, you know, I love your story. Cause it just, it just, you know, it helps everyone understand. Like it's yeah. you classic, just martial artist, almost like whole Yes. It was terrible. I was almost <laughs> with a gun on my head, not with the gun like pointed at my head. Like I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. I was like, I had to find the safest parking lot in Los Angeles. I could sleep overnight. And then I was always first one at the Gracie Academy because they had showers. They had a fruit smoothie bar for the Gracie diet. So I'd get in, I'd eat my breakfast, I'd take showers. And in my trunk of my little Honda Civic, four cylinder, no power locks, no power steering. I was like, my arms were yoked from turning that wheel. And I had cardboard cutouts in my trunk for my clothes to divide my clothes. I took three big lockers in the Grace Academy for my geese and my jacket. And I was living, that's how I lived for a while until I could kind of get going, you know? So, and then I was, I was with them. I helped them with seminars. I did challenge match on horses, fight teams, blah, blah, blah. And then I moved to Fort Bragg and started out on my own. I love it, man. I love it. It just humanizes you. Like, I need everyone to know how cool you are. Man. Like, that's the stuff, you know? I love it. And, and of course, we hate talking about ourselves, but that's what you're here to do. Yeah. Um, no, that's amazing, man. Well, so, you know, and and the people you've been able to train since and the teams you've been able to train since and watching you work and working with you has been awesome. Um, let's dig into some of these, like, real-world situations. All right. I don't want to be rude either, but this is not healthy. I mean, it just is what it is, man. We got to maybe call it like how it is. Let's see if I can. Yeah, that's not healthy. Yeah, it's not healthy. So his gun belt and pants don't even fit. So equipment, gear, malfunction issues increase, Mm -hmm. right? He can't even protect his gun without moving his entire, his arm couldn't get to his own hip because he's so out of shape. So right right away, he couldn't trap the gun in in the holster. Now he has no base or balance, no sense of the horizontal plane, I call it, ground fighting. He's yeah. all over the place. The guy's got his hands on his weapon, his duty holster. And he gets it. Guns out. <laughs> that was probably that was probably a level one retention holster, just a snap, no hood, no push-pull deployment. Now it's a battle for a gun. He's lucky this guy wasn't a true killer. Yeah. I would have started popping rounds already. That moment, right? That moment right, right here. This yeah, this guy takes too long. As soon now he's smart. He steps back into the doorway, right? But when backup gets here, here, this guy. So now the guy's like, oh, shit, I lost the fight. He, he is surrendering to death. Like, that's about. He's, just, he's accepted it. Now, look, he's wearing a vest. And if you notice a lot in the fight, he turns sideways, which is higher exposure instead of staying square to the. Anyway. But I'm just a hand to hand guy. I don't know this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So now, 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 oh, 
Oh, and now he should have. Yeah. Oh God. Get on. They got him. Yeah. There's just there's nothing to correct on that. It starts with my card. You know, just be real. Wrong from the start, man. I, I mean, I, wrong from from the employment process. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I don't mean to be mean, but let's be real, right? Like, I get, get to on. travel and train people. Just real talk for a minute. Like, I tell people, how is it that you're paid to protect people, whether they're in law enforcement, EP, military, whatever? Your sole job is to provide protection and a level of comfort and security. You can't even do a push-up. How are you going to fight for your life or for my life? Right. I'm a civilian, and I out-train almost everybody I run into. Yep, yep. And I shouldn't. Even firearms, by the way, which I shouldn't. Right. And so that's what I mean. This guy doesn't take himself seriously. They think because they – and not everybody. No, there's plenty out there that are incredible, and I support military law enforcement like crazy. I love those industries. Like, I, I bleed for those industries. I do everything I can to help. But that's a real, that's just a hard truth. If you're grotesquely out of shape, you're not going to be able to handle yourself. Yep. And you're a liability. 100%. Uh, you got, you have got to, oh, did I just? Oh, hey, Men's Journal. What are we looking at? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> your boy. Are we from... stylish something? A watch game? <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. You got uh, yeah, man. And I'm glad you said that, man, because realistically, you know, it's something that I harp on a lot with guys. And it's just like, would you pay you six figures to protect your family? You know? Right. And if fitness, by the way, doesn't matter, why do why are they called world-class athletes? Why do all the world-class athletes do is constantly work on their fitness and their health to get an edge on the next guy, right? So, right. so if fitness, if you want to argue, oh, you're being mean because he's heavy and he's out of shape. No, I'm not knocking him being out of shape. He, if he's happy being out of shape, I'm happy he's happy. But what I'm saying is, that guy's no business protecting people. He can't protect himself. That's what I'm saying. Yep, 100%. Not, yeah, so all right, let's see. Oh, is this the double leg dump? Let's see. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> let's see. Swing and a miss, double leg dump. Now, here's the problem. Boom, pause. Okay. The problem was, that's not in the context of the video, that I bet you a million dollars happened, is mm. the guy that just got dumped on his back was had to be with some of these other people. Had to be. And so the dude who took on the fight, didn't check. I'm outmanned. I'm outnumbered. I'm out gun figure speech. Right. It's best maybe walk away, disengage. You might win the one-on-one -on -one battle, but now you lose the war. What's that worth? So watch this. Boom. Boom. Their boy lost. So now they jump him. Yep. Now, how do you protect yourself? Starting off, he's lucky he got up, truthfully. Yeah, he is. I, I, I mean, because guys I know, he wouldn't have gotten up. He would have been <laughs> he had no sense of anything. He had some fundamental. He was probably like a high school wrestler because that takedown was a double leg, turn the corner, drop. Yeah. And, you know, but again, I, I don't know what that silver thing is under that. Oh, okay. I don't know what that silver thing is. The guy's like got a weapon or, yeah, and he suicide bombed. I mean, he dropped down. That guy had to be a wrestler of sorts. But now look at everyone coming in. They were ready. They were waiting. It was probably a setup. Right. Major difference. And the. And the yeah, and the guy that they used to take the bait, he just unfortunately took the worst part of it. Yep. And I think too, major difference in the streets, man, than than in the dojo, man. You just you just don't want to be on the ground if if you're in public with a bunch of people around, man. Like, you know, okay, like maybe you double up, maybe you take homeboy down, you suicide bomb him, bam, and you get back up to your feet and you get ready for the yeah. bullet coming and you get and you start to and if they want some, then they come in. But if they're like, whoa. Then you you're backing away, or you use my favorite one of my favorite martial arts, 
faster than you, foo. <laughs> What's my mission? My mission is to get home to my family. I already right. Jesus love me. That's the only person I need to think is cool. I will run to my car if I need to. I'm fine. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, time out. Let's go back to your question about men versus women. Be yeah. honest. How do you think, what do you think got this dude in trouble? Because he pursued the guy. The guy was backing away. Look at, look at the body posture right here, the dude in the blue sweatshirt. He came at the guy. Okay? They in mutual combat. Look, he's leaning forward. He saw the punch coming to his telegraph. He ducked under. His ego let him in. Look, he's just lucky. Yeah. You could argue anything you want. He's lucky that the 18 other people were just as clueless as the first guy. Yeah. Yeah. And his, his three years of high school wrestling was luckily all enough he needed to get up and get away. And that first punch that the first dude threw come in, he's lucky he didn't knock him out. And then what? Who's there to protect you from getting stomped on your head or your teeth kicked? You know, like... And the female would have tried to talk, stop, 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 back away. This isn't worth it. Because she probably would have realized she's outgunned. Yeah. No, there's there's definitely, oh, this is a pretty gnarly one. I mean, you're already in such a close quarter environment. Look at that. There is no room to work. Oh, boy. I mean, there's no room to work. Right. And, I mean, like you were saying earlier, these bad guys are so soft and careless. <laughs> but 90, 99% of the world is not trained on how to deal with anything like this. Yeah. So you don't really need to be a badass bad guy when most of the world thinks training's go oh, for misogynistic, you know, pigs, right? Like, it's better that you are, who said it best, I think. Yeah, like, that was good. They used weapons as pro props as weapons, you know? <laughs> just start beating I actually give him credit for not shooting him. You know, I give him credit. Or maybe he tried and he realized it's a fake gun. That's the other thing. When weapons go flying, people are too quick to say, oh, just shoot him with their own gun. Yeah. It might not even be real. It might not be loaded. It might be broken, malfunctioned. You don't know anything about their weapon. I don't rely on someone else's weapons until you can do a check, right? Right. So, but isn't it funny? The same people that teach weapons, when they teach hand-to-hand, -hand, they say, when you do the disarm, tap rack and point their weapon at them. Yeah. Tap rack, what if it's a gun? I mean, but that that situation right there, I mean, that's... When you're in that close to quarter, like when I worked with the air marshals on the fuselages yeah. for the aircrafts, yeah, it's a different style altogether. There is nothing pretty about it, but there are concepts that you apply that make the difference. All right, let's see what we got. That make the difference. This looks almost like a knife thing, but we'll see here. It's a quick video. Up. Yep, you can see Funker up on the on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So this is a blade. Right. So it's smart. He's using a prop to protect himself. Yeah. One of the things I talk about, if you can pause that. Okay. Then he just went for it. The problem is if you're not a, let's say master grappler, but even if you were, I mean, even if you get that takedown, when his body folds, that knife goes into your back, you know? So I think that was a stupid decision by the dude in the white. Even I'm a grappler, I would never have done that. So yeah. if you don't have, if they have a knife or an edge weapon of any kind, a bottle, a knife, whatever, and you don't have a firearm accessible, you need to make yourself longer, right? You need to build more space. Space is what's necessary more than anything in an edge weapon situation right. to avoid getting hurt as well as to do the hurting. So me, if I have a belt, I'm taking off my belt, I'm using it like a whip, like when you do a wet towel whip at yeah. somebody, I'm snapping that, I'm swiping like figure eight X motions at them, making them hesitant, scared to get in until maybe I can find something to throw at them get a weapon myself or it dies down. I'm not trying to close that distance. I mean, that's you, might get, you might get forced into it, right? Let's say you're with your kids or your wife or 
yeah, now you can't keep backing up because you can back up real quickly independently, but now you got baggage with you. So you might have to stay and engage. I understand. But in this case, he did not have to engage and he chose to. And look, he's got a stab in the back. Yeah, he got stabbed in the back, didn't he? Was that yeah. a red dot on his back when he went down? His back. I think on the guy on top, when he goes down, there's a red dot. Yeah, I think he took on one. Got or, or maybe something was there. He didn't take one. But, I mean, I give him credit for courage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, or they could have been more tactical. You have the guy with the knife. What you do is you flank him. You get one of your buddies, your compadres. doesn't matter if you know them or not. Me and you see each other on the street. We don't know each other. We see some shit going down. You can always read like-minded people. Oh, yeah. Now, I might be like, hey, guy, you hit him from the back. And then we, boom, we team up. I mean, but nobody, they, you know, tactically, that was a fail. He would be the first man in the stack by himself. They're like, once he you know what I'm saying? And that's that's one of the things, too, on the sense of community. And one of the things I do as I walk the world is I'm constantly socially engineering an environment for protection. I see another monster. I'm going to give him a nod. I'm going to pay him some respect. You know right. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm already like letting everyone know in the environment. <laughs> nice guy. Hey, I say good morning. I open the door. I'm extremely respectful. You know, I see another dude. Boom. What's up? Maybe a pound. But I'm creating allies constantly. So if something yeah. like does happen that guy that saw me and i'm getting ready to try to defend my family myself and i give him the look if he's got anything in his engine he might be like you know what maybe i should stop recording and help help this dude out real quick because we are men and we are here to keep the environment as safe as possible so i love that man yeah (laughs) so i think tactical fail but you know i mean it was hey look timing on the entry was great i think having a chair was smart you know that was smart Looks like oh, he got no. too. And then he what, what is that? What, what is that black thing? What is that? An umbrella? What is that? I think that's the guy's machete. You can see here he's swinging. So here, wait, go back. Yeah, go back a few frames. Right back, right. Sorry, guys. Right about here. So he had good distance. I would use a front push kick. If you want to engage on any level, just a pause guy. Oh, yeah. flipping front push kick with the rear leg pose is so effective military law enforcement they use that when breaching a room if they think there's somebody in the way is a non-threatening threat they'll use a front push kick next guy will flex cuff them or chain cut whatever yep. the front push kick is so awesome at maintaining keeping and building more space i yep. teach hand-to-hand like i said in concepts concept is space space can be your best friend but your worst enemy speed breeds space space is where the problems lie unless you chose to create it and okay. so when you think like that and you start training like that, you start saying, wait, do I want space here? Do I need space? doesn't matter how you get it, right? That's what technique is. And when you get caught up in technique, you forget concepts. Okay. When you get caught up in technique, you forget concepts. I love it. Good. <laughs> Let's make yeah. a t-shirt. Right, yes, sir. Only in LA. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Let's see here. There's a minute one. Let's see what we got. In LA. Gotham City. Okay. So. Already, here's the problem. You got one officer engaged, one officer scared in the back, already calling for backup. He's already calling for backup. Look at, you have a two-on-one situation, fully vetted, fully vested with weapons systems, primary, secondary, tertiary. The dude in the blue sweatshirt's managing to keep both officers tactically in front of, well, he was. Oh, my gosh. That's why they call for, look at this. There's no methodical approach. This is a true chaotic street fight. The only difference is guys have weapons on them and guys don't. The ones with the weapons are the cops, and they're just choosing not to deploy, which he, they're very lucky that, I mean, they could have rightfully tased or sprayed or maced. Yeah. Maybe batoned him because he already committed battery, right? 
But look at this guy's casually walking back. Oh, there's his baton. Oh, let's put that away. His baton. He can't back his homie up right now. He needs to pick up his. No, that's what I mean. Like this is. It's like. It's. There's nothing to like. I think if anybody has an ounce of intelligence around, uh, they hit him with the taser. (laughs) Finally, hit him with the taser. Guaranteed with the taser. Okay. Yeah, and then he did Michael Jackson's Thriller, the lockup. Right. So you know. It's but look at this. You got him. He kept them in an eye formation. Very good for the guy in the blue. Actually, like the guy in blue. (laughs) Yeah, man. No, one hundred percent. I mean, he he's like channelizing them. He's making them move to move around him. He's more more violence of action. He's dominating the space. He's more acquainted with violence than these cops are. Oh, for sure. And you can tell he cares more. Simply put, and that's what I go back to when I said about men and women. Sometimes you just need that tenacity of a man to just win the situation clearly the guy's not trained and technical he just was tougher and cared more he didn't want to go to jail more than they wanted to take him to jail in this moment yep 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 so you got to know what you're doing it for and you got to know yeah there's no planning and that's the big issue in the industry of training or lack thereof you know like these guys are out there to enforce law if right. law enforcement gets physical and escalates, what kind of training? Hand-to-hand training is the number one thing that's basically eliminated or neglected in law enforcement industry as a whole. Just know that. Which leads to a lot of different issues. These guys being so afraid to get physical with them. These guys going to guns too early in some cases. You know, and I'm not, like they're my brothers. I'm just saying, if you feel, feel like you have more options, then you use those options. Right. Um, you use I just want to present. I want to present one thought on this subject, and you're you're the boss. We move on. Yeah. In law enforcement, ninety nine percent of their training is firearms. One mm. percent of their training is hand to hand. What percent do you think they deploy firearms in the line of duty? What percent? Ninety nine percent. No, that they deploy a firearm. <laughs> that they, have they actually deploy a, deploy a fire. A very small percentage of the 1%. time. One percent. Yeah. What percent of the industry do you think has to put their hands on a civilian any day or week? All the time. All. 99. So the training, they put 99% of their training for the 1% situation that might arise. And they put 1% of training for the situation that arises 99% of the time. It's yeah. an inverted yeah. proportion. Yeah. They are going hands on, even if it's to escort somebody, even if it's putting their hand on their shoulder. Let me yeah. help you up. Let me move you over here. The minute you get hands on somebody, it can go. Yeah, or you're just in arm's reach of someone and you yes. need to comply with anything. And you just, if you're just in hand's reach of someone and you have a badge and a uniform on, like you're, uh, you represent something that could be attacked. You represent authority. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and unless you are, shout out to modern samurai or yeah. pew pew, or yeah. unless you're one of those guys, you're not doing a sub one draw and center mat. Like, come on, you know? Yeah. So, like, if you're in arm's reach, it's hand to hand for a minimum of 22, 23 feet edge weapon. Yeah. Yep. Real talk. I love. It. This is good. This is good. Let's. See what else have we got in the in the in the hopper here? We preload a bunch. We were so far. We got quite a few here. Let's see here. Boom. This one's just crazy, scary, and messy. Maybe we can help them understand. And then real quick, boom. The guy comes out. Oh yeah, I think I've seen this before. Is that a machete? He's swinging. He's got a knife. I know that. Yeah, edge weapon. Trying to build space. The problem is, if you rewind a little bit, good job by the officer. Yep. So if you, you rewind, see how the officer is staying linear? Go back again. 
See how he's running a straight line backwards or forwards first, then he turns around and that's when he loses his base from balance. The mistake he made was staying in a linear path, right? And that's what he's lucky that the fall he ended up okay. Yeah, that he did the Hondo roll, the classic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, it's it shit works, right? But anyway, he got lucky and he got the gun out and he wins the fight. But imagine he lands and the knife lands through the officer's chest when he falls, you know, because he went straight line. Yeah. And so conceptually, as like in striking, I'm sure like in military, you want to get off the X, right? You got to pick angles. Yeah. Oh, this guy went straight linear. I mean, the guy could have done a sidestep, olayed the guy, circled out. It's footwork. He uh -huh. went into fight or flight mode of just, I'm going to run. And then he tripped and fell. And he just, it worked out, right? That's what I'm saying. It worked out. But from a tactical concept and trained perspective, he failed a lot of principles, actually. Okay. So hit start hitting the start, get off the center line of attack. As yeah. And right. I mean, look, in, in the UFC or Bellator or 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 boxing or pro kickbox, anything K1, let's just bring it to the martial art world. They circle out when they don't want to get hit. They don't run straight backwards because you will run into a geographical boundary at some point. Yep. And so circling. Okay, solid. And create some angles to attack from and, and different things. Yes. And again, sometimes luck is all you need sometimes. I mean, and, and we've watched a couple today where luck prevailed. Yep, yep, yep. And then secondaries, man, you got you got folks coming from behind you that came out of his house, man. You got to make sure you know. Right. right. That guy could have been smoked from the back right then and there. You killed my brother. I'm Exactly. Yeah. I don't care. Go to jail today. It's fine. Meanwhile, uh, they don't look at the fact they attacked a police officer with a knife or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was. Did you have any any picks or should I just keep? I looked at, um, I was able, so like, you don't have to, the bottom left corner is crazy knife fight. That's just pure stupidity. Okay. Like, if you want, it's just pure stupidity. A guy takes on two dudes with machetes and beats them both. But wow. that's just luck and sheer. Wow. Chaos and luck and shit. <laughs> that's ego. But ego got him into the problem instead of running away, right? And I know sometimes you can't run. I understand that there's not always an out. I get that. But then, you know, making your first choice is smarter than what a lot of these people are doing is important. Let's see. 40 seconds. Let's see. Oh, I watch this. I watch this. Dude in the hat's about to learn the hard way. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me let me maximize this a little bit and make it prettier. So the dude in the black shirt is trying to stop it. If you actually listen to all it, he's like, come on, bro. He's I give him a lot of credit. And the other dude, and, and a big issue here is alcohol for the dude in the white shirt. Look, he holds on and prevents himself from throwing. He's like, now he's trying to push back. Now it's like a hockey fight, right? They're locked up. But wait, by the way, guys, don't wear geese on the street. Well, they're grabbing and jocking clothing that's affecting their base and balance. And those are T-shirts and button-down shirts. So everybody who says, I don't want to wear a gi, I don't want to wear a gi. Why? There are materials on the street that can be used against you and used for you. So don't look at the gi as no one walks around in the gi. Look at it as cargo shorts, a jacket, a blazer, a tie, a button-down shirt. A polo shirt, a t-shirt bunched up, jeans. Yeah. Boom. What else you need, Byron? What else? Here, watch. And so this is just terrible. Now, you either clinch or you get out, right? They're just in the dead man's zone. They're in a very dangerous space right there. Very so dangerous. Come in or you break contact. Get in or get out. You get, out. get in or get out. And the stupid thing about both is neither of them really know if the other one has an edged weapon or any weapon of that matter on them. And they're in the ultimate kill zone right now. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I tell people like tennis, 
Yeah. If you follow, if you have any idea of tennis, you either play at the baseline or you play at the net. You do not play. They call it no man's land. This to me is no man's land. Yeah. It's very different. Because you're in range everything. You either got to take away this other the space and make it elite where your bodies are connected, or you have to create way more. This mid range stuff is so dangerous. Yeah. For anybody. Watch this. Here we go. Shirt's going to rip. It's a little intense. Right. Here we go. Now, dude, now the dude in the black shirt's finally starting to get his, his courage up. Yeah. He's like, I have to fight this old guy. Right. So. He's got everyone watching. Now he's just throwing little wild left slaps at him and running back because he's scared to get hit while he goes in. Yep. I mean, but you, you got to be able to know neither of them are trained. The dude loses balance because alcohol. He's about to get ran over by falling. No, no, no. This doesn't end like that. <laughs> the car stops. Thank God. And now look. Now you have picked up <laughs> some music I heard when you are see. <laughs> oh man, and then your girl comes and picks you up and bails you out. But I mean it, it was, now to his credit though, we tried to avoid it, right? But if you yeah. look when they're physically engaged, they're too close, they're in bad, it's not a good zone to be in spatially. Right. And the strikes they were throwing are just so ineffective. Let's pretend they had no choice but to fist fight. Let's just pretend. Yeah, like they're in a box together. Right. Let's pretend. Look at this. Ah, ah. It's just keep your head back and swing for the fences. That's what I call a flail punch. Literally, no one got hurt. No one. No one was even capable of hurting me, but just <laughs> so bad. But that's what I try to tell my students. I say, guys, a lot of your what if questions, you're asking as if you're running into a trained martial artist or law enforcement. Yeah. Those aren't the ones. The ones that are causing the problems are the most idiot fighters ever. Mm -hmm. I think I remember seeing this one. Oh boy, here comes the Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this one. So chooses to engage with was that a guard? Mm. Yeah, like a park guard. Yep. yep, neon belly, gray tactics. Really? That's my favorite street fight position. Talk about it. Here's why. The guy was secured. Now everyone's going to sit there and say, his back's exposed. All right, everybody, got it. You're talking about one moment of one context of one video, like whatever. Okay, fine. Huh? I yeah. like it because you can strike, you can deploy weapons, you can protect weapons, you can advance your position, and you can disengage. I feel Neon Belly keeps you the safest, allowing you the most options. It's an opinion. Yep. And, and anybody suggest? And my security side. guy, and I mean, I don't know if he has a sidearm, but my security guy's heads up. And he can still he's see what's going on. He's still aware. And he's still with mean. his hand. Yeah, you check your surroundings. And he's maintaining connect connectivity or contact with the threat, which is important. And if he's got backup coming, he's connected. He doesn't have to re-apprehend him, so to speak. Right. Dude, and, 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 and I give the security guy a lot of credit. Nice takedown, clean yeah. little turn. Neon Bell, that guy did some judo or jiu-jitsu for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. He's got great base and balance. His weight shifted appropriately. Look, he is scanning. Yeah. That guy's been in a few situations, and I guarantee you he's a jiu-jitsu fighter. I would yeah. guarantee you. He's checking his free hand, see? Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy's doing everything great. He really is. Yeah. He got control of that free hand, and yeah, man, I dig it. Two points for our, for our, our yeah. guy implementing some solid confidence with Let's his... Let's get him at the symposium, yes. <laughs> no, Let's look at one or two more of these I think will be good. This okay. one's probably got some scraps in it. I'm curious about this one. What is this? What is this? That's a mug shot. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, boy. Police officer. Guns out. No. Yep, guns out. Yes, a racket. Make it ready. Too late. 
Oh, it's like a whole story. I guess, uh, yeah, segment on the guy. On the 13th block of Southeast 4th Street, this is when Officer Cruz noticed. Wow. Okay, so, I mean, he's just kind of losing this. We'll, I think we'll skip. Freeze, freeze right there for a sec. Freeze right here. You got right some? Ah, yeah, go back maybe like three seconds if you can. So if you notice one thing about the officer when he's grappling here, okay, he's on the ground. He's at a point of disadvantage. Yeah. Now, conceptually, I tell my people, whoever it is, in a hand-to-hand situation like such, keep your back on the ground until the di- the situation dictates or you have absolutely no choice to get up. Stay with your back on the ground. No one can surprise you that way. You do have a very wide scope, a fisheye lens view. Mm-hmm. You keep your back down. They can't get behind you. They can't surprise you in theory, right? And right. now, but notice he's not using his legs at yep. all. You have four natural weapons, two arms and two legs. And and if you want to go with the head, like, like he could be using his legs so much more, even just natural fight or flight. And he's basically saying, like, my lower half of my body is inept. It's doing it's, nothing. Yeah. Little brother fighting tactics. Yes. Hey, it worked for me when I was growing up. My brother yeah, okay. didn't beat my ass, I can tell you that. But, I mean, yeah, no, I definitely see what you're saying, man. I mean, keep your back against the ground. There's right. nothing. You, you have these things to protect yourself yes. with. Um, and get your legs in the fight complicate his 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 battle space to come in and try to try to do something exactly right so your legs would build on the ground what i teach is i teach officers ep mill how to build a reactionary gap reactionary gap on the ground everyone Mm. only talks about on their feet yeah i don't teach people to engage in a grappling match that's not what you want to do under these circumstances right you need to think of it the same way you would on your feet no i love it man and my favorite part about this whole entire video is the socks on the getaway? <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta like <laughs> the black and yellow, black and yellow. I mean, and then the sad—you know—it's sad too. But I do. I mean, look, I understand. Yeah, I guess I should say it's unfortunate. This is a pretty decent one. Old boy, old oh, the guard with the shaved black head is about to get dropped. Mm-hmm. But body language; these guys aren't reading. But what's sad? I was about to say real quick is a lot of times you have these these observers, and they're more likely to film than help. It, it blows my it blows my mind. The same people that if they were out down there, they would beg for help. Oh yeah. Watching because people are scared of violence. And I understand, and you should be. You have to respect it and be afraid of it. Agreed. But you also have to have some sense of what's right and wrong and take yeah. a chance too, you know. Attack an arm. Each of you attack yeah. an arm. Each of you attack it's a leg. Something. Take if you're a female and you want to help, grab a stick off the street and hit the guy that like help the it. Make it harder right. for you. So yeah. this, this guy, they're not reading his jump, his jumpsuit, his body language. Watch how he walks away. He never really turns his back. He sort of sidesteps a little. Watch. So like, wait, what? Look. Yeah, that. It's coming. That right hand. Look, he's in his eye. He's cocked and ready. Oh <laughs> he was prepping, boy. He was. I mean, he was. He's got, he's got a twitch in his eye with the overhand right. Hey. But that's what I also tell people, good people, so to speak. Mm-hmm. If they need to jump on someone, look what he did. He used a version of a flashbang. He pre- he distracted his threat. His threat's the guard. The guard's threat's the inmate, right? Mm-hmm. So look, by him wiping his eye, the guard thinks, ah, he's just scratching his eye instead of thinking his hand's up ready to boom. Mm-hmm. So, he's not, so that's a great, you know what? I hate to say it, but by the inmate, very smart play. Yeah, <laughs> and, and honestly, man, like this is why we teach. <laughs> 
we have those courses from Yusuf Badu on um, behavioral profiling, like practical positioning. This dude's blading himself to me. Is he shifting his weight? Is he loading up his weight before he throws? He's got a, there it is. He loads up, and that's your second. He's in, and he leans. Boom! You just got to know what that. And the worst part is, right before he gets blasted, the cop looks away, has zero idea. But like yeah. this is the stuff you learn, like bouncing and stuff. This is why I love right, right. bouncers <laughs> It's because you're like looking at this dude, and you're like, why is he blading himself? Then you're like, then when he leans right here, you're like, homie. They're like, you kind of already know, like, here it comes. And he's like, yeah, bam. And then he comes back with it. When you see enough dudes throw a punch, you can pick up on that stuff. Right. Now, Which here's the thing. I give the second officer a ton of, see, second officer screwed up. He got way too excited. He did great at grabbing him, bringing him down. He was on his back, rear mount, vascular restraint. And then he got so angry. Look, watch. He gets him, gets him down, watch. Gets on top, freeze, 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 freeze. So he doesn't, ah, he doesn't need to go crazy. Right, just control. He's got a position of dominance. Yep. He's got the guy's neck. The guy's airplaning his arms. The guy's like, I ain't even fucking. Hey, That's all I want to say. And think about it. They're going to prone him out anyway to cuff him up. He's already prone. That's part of the guard's issues. And I understand. Oh, well, John, that adrenaline. You don't think I've been in a bunch of fights where you go zero to six? I understand the adrenaline. I, I, you know, I've been punched in the face. I, I get it. it. Yeah. So it's like the guard did great, but then look, he almost loses it. And thankfully they have lucky numbers, safety in numbers, right? But the last thing to consider why reading body language is so important, old boy's wiping his nose down, getting up, he's still rattled, is now watch this punch. Let's say old guard bangs his head off the concrete and goes into a coma and dies. Now you got aggravated, what, manslaughter, murder, one, you know, boom, right there. Let's say when he lands his head, hits a curb on the street, the corner edge of a table, Whatever, that's it. Because he wasn't aware by keeping his hands up in the space. They're in that range. Remember I told you about that range? Yep, 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 yep. That's the range right there. That's that range. And he didn't have his hands up at all. And he just, and I mean, okay. So like you, I do these tactical protection reviews. Like, <laughs> I know, I'm sweating, Byron. I'm getting irritated. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like we talk about tactical positioning. I mean, I talk about context. Like, yo, you're in the context of where it, it can happen. You should be I like, mean, this is real. This ain't TV, bro. This is your you are my TV. This is real yeah. shit. You're literally at the gladiator gladiator camp. Like yes. the context, you should be in like an orange until you're like at your kitchen table at home and <laughs> you know, trying to come down, right? You know, and then you know, tactical positioning. Yo, my man is starts blading himself to you. He brings his arm up. Now you should be really paying attention. That officer looks away at that crucial moment. Uh. <laughs> And then, you know, rolling risk assessment. Like, what's this person doing? Where's my risk at right now? Now, I dig all of it, but you know what really gets me about this video? And I and I, 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 I hope that my law enforcement brothers take this as a, let me just not be this guy. Is it still one guy, him? Dude, that cop hopped in there, got to work. And I know my man over here in the corner is still shook, right? But it's- All they need is that's it. They don't need more guys. They don't need more guys. It's a level of hesitance. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a level of like, uh, 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 and it's just like, you know, with training fighting forces and my guys in the Marine Corps and the, I want to see more just getting in there, get in the house with me, get in the, get in the door with me, man. Get, I, let's, I agree. I got an idea. I got a question that I would pose to everyone. And I was going to say this for the symposium. What's the number one, most important thing in any relationship begins with a letter C communication. Boom. So yeah. is 
is is a relationship between you and a threat, even if that threat's sent to kill you, you have a relationship because there's another person in your sphere, right? Yeah. It could be a spatial relationship, a physical relationship, or eye contact relationship. Everything's relationships, 100%. So there was, there was zero communication by the, 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 the inmate in that last video was communicating like crazy. Yeah. But the officer, as the book of love language says, <laughs> for marriages, right? If you're speaking Greek and I'm speaking Russian, it don't matter if we're saying what we're saying. Yeah. Right? So you had the inmate speaking one language, the officer speaking untrained language. Right. Inmate street gets the jump, boom, sneaks them. And so communication is so important in personal safety, like and, and protection, of course, right? It, it goes without saying. It holds across the whole genre of the world of safety for Military, law enforcement, EP, etc. Communication. You're on a team, right? You've done breaches and penetrations. Do yep. you guys just run in without saying anything? Or when you had a chance, did you have a staging area and a prep zone and try to get, you try to collect as much intel and communication as possible to set the odds in your favor. So why do people think a fist fight, you don't do that? I treat fist fighting, I try to take a military, law enforcement, tactical mindset applied for the civilian. Because most civilians don't, it won't happen to me. It's on the news. It's in the bad areas, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, I love it, man. Well, it's not, you know, communication. I know it's huge. As I walk through the world, when I'm working, when I'm not working, I'm making eye contact with folks. I'm communicating the whole time with everyone around me. I'm opening doors. I'm being nice. I'm making more eye contact with dudes I need more eye contact with. I'm positioning myself in a position where it's like, oh, he's obviously protecting these humans over here. You know, I'm constantly emitting information. Something happens. I'm communicating with my team. I'm communicating with my clients. And if I'm, if when you're touching someone, you're communicating with them. <laughs> There's a whole conversation going on. Like it's, it's you, 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 you grab someone. Are they still fighting you? Or are they like, okay, 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 okay. Or are they like, Hey man, I just feel really disrespected. I'm not mad at you. Right. Like there's all this happening. And, and I mean, see how far you could take communication on, on as a topic. Like you're right. Cause Elio Gracie, that was Hoist's father. Mm. He said, you got to, the best way to get good is close your eyes and fight. Just grapple, you know, just grapple. Because you'll feel if they turn their hips this way, you know their options are boom, 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 boom. They reach their arm back, their options are ba, 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 ba. And you start to learn that game. And so you're right. You, you know, you're checking somebody's arms. Mm-hmm. And let's say I'm checking your far right arm and you're trying to pull your far right arm back. I got to check further. There's a reason you want that arm back. You're telling me either A, don't touch me, right? But I don't know if your response that's going to be violence or tell me B, I'm trying to cock back to hit you. Either way, I don't want to give you that dead space that I told you is very dangerous. Yeah. So I'm either going to be in or if you beat me, let's say you beat me, you get that arm out of the way, I'm going back, hands up right away. Where now if you throw at me, I can do what I call the oh shit move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cover, cover, boom. Or what have you, know what I'm saying? Ah, just mm-hmm. hit my elbow with my piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so real quick, Last minute resistance, people yep. that are thinking about coming and training with us, right? We're going to have 70 lead instructors there. You know, you're one of them. What would you say to anyone who's like hesitant? You know, like, I don't know if I want to get physical. I don't know if I want to, you know what I mean? That for your piece of work, what would you say to those people? Who do you hope comes and all that? I can only say for the hand-to-hand portion of my, that I'm going to be dealing with for the symposium, it's an education. We're not training. We're not doing any exercises we're fist fighting each other we're not using a shock we have to gain an education first let me ask you a question you're going to teach me um team entry are you just saying go grab go grab four friends grab a rifle and just run 
Is that what you're going to? No, we're probably going to start in a classroom breaking down a pie, right? And there's an education problem. So mine is a physical education without the training, the drilling, the sparring, very interactive, very, well, what if this, and how do I handle that? And all I want people to understand about my portion is if you're hesitant, I can only say if you feel that good with your hand-to-hand skills now, okay, don't come. But if you are open to room of improvement, I mean, I've done this 31 years. I'm always looking to get better. If you're truly living the lifestyle, you always seek improvement, both as a human and as a protector, because things, information evolves and changes, right? I would say, look, come try it. You're not going to get it. I can guarantee you won't get injured in my course. I can guarantee you that. You might not even sweat, Mm. but you're going to walk away with a wealth of knowledge and skill that's going to blow your mind. That applies, by the way. To when you have weapons out, I teach people how to move mechanically. They can apply it with a pistol, rifle, shotgun out, you name it. So it, it's the education I'm going to provide crosses over to the whole industry versus just hand to hand. Yes. And I think, too, if you're afraid of the hand to hand portion or uncomfortable, I should say, with the hand to hand portion, then I would just submit the, the consideration to you that you're probably one of the people that needs it the most. Yeah, I would agree. We, I, yeah, that's a really good point. And that brings me to one thing I love to say. I'll be short. Yeah. I always say attack your weaknesses, but maintain your strengths. Yes. Right. So if you have a great overhand right, leave that in the bank, yep. stash it. But if your head movement stinks or your footworks, yeah, it's going to be frustrating at first, of course. Yeah. But you'll get it. And that's it. I agree. Good, good point. I agree, Byron. Yeah. And this is exposure to new techniques and tactics. This is an education. Yeah. It's going to give you more confidence, but it's exposure, just exposure. So you got to live the life. Um, real cool. quick, closing yeah. questions. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered, John Burke? As someone who truly cared to help others through his skill. And that's, I just know how to help people learn to have confidence. And the way I do it is through self-defense. I love that's that. That's it. I want people to say, like, he changed my life. He made me more confident or he helped me. I get a lot of people who, who uh, I'll put a super fast story, super fast. Yeah. Valentine's February this year, we had, my gym caught on fire. Really? Oh, I didn't tell you, did I? No. Yeah. Yeah. So Valentine's was, I think, Tuesday the 14th or Wednesday, the, Tuesday the 14th or Wednesday the 14th. Anyway, I'm at home and the alarm company keeps calling, calling. And usually what it is, is the kids in my gym might mess with the door locks. People walk out of the bar next door. They pull on doors. You know, it goes off, trips the alarm. I show up. Hey, Bob. Hey, Fred. We cleared the bill. We're good, right? so i was like hey babe i gotta go over to the gym the alarm trip i gotta go meet the police they keep calling like don't dispatch don't dispatch don't i pull up and there's a monster fire dispatch dispatch. anyway so there's a monster fire in my gym there's a scene it looked like an mtv music video smoke everywhere i open the door someone's like don't go in i go that's my business i open the door and i got two feet and i got punched in the face by smoke and i ran back out and i was like oh that smokes like i used to think people were a bit exaggerating no, that's real shit. I know. I'm an idiot. That's real shit. I know. You're like, you know what I'm saying? Is it really that spicy? Is it really that spice? That spicy? You know? Listen, for everyone listening, I never claim to be intelligent. I'm just good yeah. at a skill. So anyway, so fast forward, the gym's kind of wrecked. Yeah. And I got like 30 minutes of sleep because I had to stay there until 2, 3 a.m. I was under investigation because yeah. it could be fraud for insurance. So I had to wait for the state fire. Like it was a night. I put up a post. The next day, I had probably 75 families at my gym. Yeah, like I get, look, I didn't get a little, cleared my gym out, cleaned up, wouldn't let me lift one finger. Had coffee, donuts, lunch, 
tout like people are going to Lowe's. I have, I still have shot. I have 10 shop bags. What do you do with 10 shop? I mean, it was because the water damage is really what it was. The worst, the smoke hit the sprinklers and then it tripped all the sprinklers. And then when they came in with the hose, they have to hit the margins in case there's a loose spark or something. Mm-hmm. So my, one of my, my octagon mats got trashed, like a lot of, I had my whole gym gutted to where it looked like no one was in there except for my main mat. Wow. And in one day, it was spotless, scraped clean and looked better than when we, before the fire, put back together. Bad. That's because I impact people and I didn't realize it. Wow. I said, I stopped, I put my hands up. I said to my buddy, I was like, look at this. He goes, now do you get what you do? So that's how I want to be remembered for helping others. I try to, I, yeah, I'm an asshole. I'm a New Yorker. I'm rough around the edges. I can be taken the wrong way. I am direct that people see direct as mean, whatever. But at the end of the day, to my core, I love helping people. That's it. That's meaningful, man. I love it. I love it. One last question. What one habit you recommend people, people do that makes them a better person or a better protector on a daily basis integrate into their life? Exercise for sure. Right. The obvious ones, practice, exercise. But mentally, <clears throat> I really believe you have to change your definition of what the word surrender means. Yeah. I think you have to take surrender because for me, it always meant fail, quit, you lost, you got beat, you got smoked, whatever terms. But it, it was a negative association. And I'm a big fan of positive energy and I believe in it and I study. And when I change my term of surrender to flow, allow with, go, see what happens, my mind relaxed more, which allowed me to see things way better, both in fighting and shooting in life, in my marriage, and my kids, I would say the more clear-headed you are up here, the ego plays less a role. You're cooler, calmer, and more collected under stressful situations and just life in general. So I would say if you could change your definition of surrender and really accept the new definition, like, yeah. like what am I going to do? Is this her getting it? I've surrendered. It's coming. I'll go do the furniture, right? Like I told you, I'll go do it. And that's it. And then it doesn't come. I'll surrender that too. Instead of going, oh, fuck, hurricane Mike. Now I'm getting myself all angst, all stressed. Now let's say I go to pick my kid up at school. Uh, dad says the wrong thing, but because I didn't surrender to the hurt, I got angry. Now I'm in a fight at the school. My wife's going to kill you. You're embarrassing our children, the Orange County. You got a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anyway, I <laughs> I would say surrender for sure. That I think is very important. I think the mind is more important than people give it credit. 100%. I love it, man. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, uh, brother. You got to get to this hurricane. <laughs> yeah. find you, my man where can people find you where can people oh, find you? right see i'm so so not promoting uh next level combatives next level combatives and 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 i have a program that i developed called p4 for paul plan prepare prevent and prevail and i use an r4 approach learn to stay relaxed so you can recognize what's going on recall the appropriate principles and concepts and respond. And so I teach in concepts and principles and, and, and that's it. Next level combatives.com. Thank you, brother. I, I truly appreciate this. Dude, you're, you're an awesome human, man. I love you. I can't wait to work with you. This is going to be amazing. You guys come and join us. Protectorsymposium.com. It's all on LinkedIn bio. And uh, yeah, man, go handle that hurricane. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> see you, brother. Boom! Quick shout out to our sponsor, Staccato. My first pistol sponsor. Um, I've been sponsored by a lot of companies, right, over the years. But when it comes to pistol, that's my bread and butter. Pistol is something I believe in. You know, I'm a competitive shooter. You know, we're shooting anywhere from, you know, 800 rounds a month type of thing, right? So Staccato being what I believe is one of, if not the most complete handguns you can put in your hand. Um, It's got every component that a handgun could have, should have. 
Uh, they're actually extremely dependable now that they've made some changes. And these things are straight up tack drivers. If you're looking for a pistol that will do as much of the work for you as a piece of hardware can, obviously you have to have the, the, the marksmanship and all the different things, but different guns perform at different levels. And I wanna say that Staccato is one of by far, for sure, take it from a competitive shooter, we're shooting the highest volumes of rounds constantly right now, not used to have a background guy, but like right now, when you go shoot, you're gonna see certain brands. Staccato is one of, if not the highest performing firearm that is both CCW, duty ready, and also competitive ready. So I wanna give them a shout out if you guys are looking for a good handgun to build your skills on top of, go check out Staccato, much love and respect. Boom, yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps, that helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.